Thank you. Okay, I call the meeting of February 15th, 2024 to order. The time is 10.02. Mr. Secretary, roll call, please. Thank you, Madam Chair. Chair Watchison? Here. Chair Comello? Here. Commissioner Aparicio? Commissioner Dillon? Aye. Here. Commissioner Lopez Nacario? Here. Commissioner McHenry? Here. Commissioner Miller? Here. And Commissioner Picado? So we have a excused absence from Commissioner Picado and unexcused by Commissioner Aparicio. Also present uh, today are Dr. Mock, Sustainability Manager with the City of San Leandro, Zach Thompson with uh, Eva, Eva. Eva, Eva, Community Energy, uh, Alice Walker with the Human Services Department, Senior Services, and Senior Commission Secretary Pedro Naranjo. Thank you. All right, um, approval of our agenda from February 15th, 2024. I will entertain a motion to approve the agenda if there are no changes or corrections. So approved. Okay. Second. Second, Lo second uh, Commissioner Lopez, original Commissioner McHenry. Secretary, roll call, please. Thank you. Chair Watchison? Yes. Vice Chair Comello? Yes. Commissioner Dillon? Aye. Commissioner Lopez Nicario? Here. Commissioner McHenry? Yes. And Commissioner Miller? Motion passes. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, approval of the minutes of January 18th, 2024. Um, I will entertain a motion to approve the minutes if there are no amendments or corrections to the minutes. I have a question. Yes. 8G, legislative update. Yes. Commissioner Miller reported. Commissioner Dillon. Commissioner Dillon, right. Thank you. 8G. Okay. Correction should be Commissioner Dylan reported, not Commissioner. That was on the minutes. Okay. Got it. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. All right. So I will amend that request. If there is now an approval for the amended minutes. So approved. Okay. Second. Commissioner McHenry, second. Oh, yes. Second. Commissioner Lopez. Roll call, please. Uh, Chair Watchison? Yes. Vice Chair Comello? Commissioner Dillon? Aye. Commissioner Lopez Nacario? Aye. Commissioner McHenry? Yes. And Commissioner Miller? Yes. Motion passes. Thank you. All right, we have two guests today in a, in a, for our public comments. Uh, I would like to advise our guests that we are unable to respond to concerns as they are not agendized, but they may be, we may be able to consider them at a future meeting. And during the meeting, you may ask questions during an agenda item, and the Commission will follow up with an answer, or we may refer for further discussion if necessary. So could you please introduce yourself? Thank yes, you. Good morning. My name is Regala Scott, and I'm with Morningstar Senior Living, just here as an observer. Thank you. I can't hear. Oh, I'm sorry. Who could, could, yeah, you, could you repeat your... Could, I'm sorry. I certainly can. My yeah. name is Regala Scott. I'm with Morningstar Senior Living in Hayward, and I'm here as an observer. Thank you. Thank Jane. you. Thank Thank you. <laughs> and? Oh, I've been here before, but I'm Jane Chang. Um, I'm just here as a observer with uh, Deborah, and I'm currently on an admission with the city in the Community Viewport. I'm just here to see this observant here. Thank you. 
welcome. And welcome. Thank Very you. happy to have you. All right. E-comments? Uh, no public comments were received via e-comment. The commission was advised by email yesterday, February 14th. Thank you. Correspondence? We have none. Thank you. Presentations. I am very happy to have presentations today. I would like to introduce for an introduction to the electric vehicle charging and parking study. Uh, Zach Thompson, who is the senior assistant at AVA, I'm sorry, senior associate at AVA Community Energy, and Dr. Mock, who is with the City of San Leandro Sustainability, Sustainability Manager. Welcome, and we are anxious to hear about the study. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I'm Zach Thompson with AVA Community Energy, uh, formerly known as East Bay Community Energy. We changed our name back in October, so um, maybe don't know who we are, but maybe you do know who we are. <laughs> um, so anyways, we are the... Uh, default electricity supplier uh, for Alameda County and, and now beyond the county as well as we're starting to serve additional communities uh, in San Joaquin County as well. Um, but basically, we're responsible for the generation of the electricity and PG&E transmits and distributes that electricity through their wires and poles. Um, so we are a public agency that was formed by the cities uh, within Alameda County. Um, and we are governed by a board of directors that consists of elected officials in each one of the communities that we serve. So including uh, the city of San Leandro has an elected official on our, our board of directors as well. Who's um, that? Uh, who's our, who, who represents San Leandro? Yes. That is a great question. We just had a huge turnover at our board. Um, I can find that out right after this and let you know. But just nosy. Yeah. <laughs> Typically, they're um, you know either the mayor or vice mayor or a city council member. So, um, but I'll, I'll look it up on our our website and get back to you. Um, but so yeah, we are basically a public power provider is another way of of looking at what we do. Um, and so since we are a public agency, uh, we're not-for-profit, so our mission really is to provide more renewable energy onto our electricity grid uh, at more competitive rates for customers. Uh, and we do have this uh, broad goal of bringing 100% renewable energy to the grid uh, for where we serve by 2030. And again, since we are a public not-for-profit, we reinvest the earnings that we make from the sale of electricity back into local community benefit programs, uh, like our EV charging program, which I will uh, talk in more detail about today. Um, so what we've been doing is working with each of the communities that we serve. We work directly with the, the jurisdictions. Um, in collaborating on site selection for AVA to deploy EV charging stations. Uh, so all of the sites that we're doing these projects at throughout, throughout our service area are at city-owned uh, publicly accessible parking lots and garages. And so we collaborate with each of the cities on determining which sites that those are going to be. Um, so including uh, here where we've worked with the city uh, of San Leandro on identifying sites that the city owns and we go through a process where we evaluate those sites to determine if we think that they are going to be you know, good sites for EV charging. Um, 
And while throughout that process, we realized that the city doesn't actually own this parking lot, uh, Alameda Health Systems does. So we're now working with uh, AHS on uh, an agreement for the site as well. Um, but there has been a lot of collaboration with the city on selecting the site and, um, and, and talking about the design of the project as well. Um, and the, one of the reasons, the main reason why this site was chosen uh, as one to deploy EV chargers uh, is because of its close proximity to multifamily housing and renters. And that's really the population that AVA is trying to serve with these EV charging projects. And the main reason for that is uh, we, it's very difficult for renters, and especially those in multifamily housing, to install EV chargers where they live because they don't own the property. Uh, the property manager does typically doesn't want to pay for or deal with uh, installing EV chargers at the property. So what we're trying to do is bring publicly available EV chargers nearby where renters live. Uh, so that was a big driver in choosing this location for an, one of our EV charging projects. And just to give you an idea, we have uh, 11 projects in the works right now across multiple cities, the, including this one here and uh, one at San Leandro City Hall parking lot as well. Um, so the initial draft project design that we that we proposed was uh, 20 EV charging spaces in this lot, um, but Dr. Mock and uh, others at the city conducted some really good outreach and collected feedback on that proposed design and the number of charging spaces. And what we heard was that that was too many. <laughs> so we reduced that um, down to 10 EV charging spaces. So we cut that in half. Uh, and the, that does include two ADA compliant charging spaces. So two of those 10 spaces would be ADA compliant. Um, one, you know, being a, a wider space and then an access aisle in between the two um, ADA charging spaces. Um, and then the other thing that we heard was what we had originally designed was we had the spaces kind of closer to the entrance of the building. Uh, but we wanted to keep in mind that those are typically reserved for uh, other ADA spaces or those are preferred parking, right? So we shifted uh, the, eight, the EV charging spaces to the furthest part of the lot away from the entrance of the building so that those closer spaces to the building can still be reserved for others. Um, aside from the two ADA spaces, those are close to the entrance of the building. Um, so the overall impact that it, this project would have on the parking lot is uh, a reduction from the 57 existing non-EV charging spaces down to 46. And the reason why that goes from 57 to 46 is because 10 of those would be EV charging spaces and because two of those spaces are ADA compliant and you know that makes one of them wider plus the access aisle, that takes three, space, three existing spaces worth of actual footprint and converts those into the two ADA EV charging spaces plus the access aisle. So you lose one space, and then there are 10 uh, EV charging spaces. So that's why it goes down from 57 to 46. Um, and those EV charging spaces would be reserved for 
EVs, electric vehicles, uh, 24-7. That's just kind of the way that it has to go, and that's actually um, California code as well as any uh, publicly accessible charging spaces do have to be designated as EV only. Um, The other thing that we are considering with with the project is, and this is based on some of the feedback that we heard um, from the outreach that was conducted, was that there is a need for more ADA compliant parking spaces in this lot generally, even if they're not for EV charging. Um, So that's something that Ava could take on as we deploy this project here, is while we are under construction or while we're restriping the lot for the EV charging spaces, we could take on the restriping and creating of more ADA compliant spaces in the lot aside from those that are uh, dedicated to EV charging. So if there is that desire to increase the number of of non-EV ADA compliant spaces, that's something that we're considering taking on as part of this project as well. So here is the current draft design. Um, And if it's a little hard to see on there, it's included in the packet uh, at the end here. Um, But so those spaces on the far end would be the the standard EV charging spaces. Uh, And so that's eight over there with four on each side. And then the two ADA compliant EV charging spaces closer to the entrance of the building. And then what you see in, in the bottom left corner there is uh, some of the just electrical infrastructure that is needed to uh, support the charging stations, right? To actually bring that power to the stations. So PG&E would need to come in and install a new transformer. So that's what's located in the bottom left there. It doesn't have any further impact on the lot. That is um, some landscaped space right now that that would be located in. Um, It would just kind of require us to bump the curb out a little bit farther over there, but um, it doesn't result in the loss of any parking spaces or anything like that. I'm spatially challenged. Sure. Where is the hospital in this diagram? Or where is the senior students here? The, oh, yeah, the Hospital senior center is on the right. I got it. That's yeah, what I thought. sure. But. Yeah, so that yeah, the senior center is on the right. That's why we had the two uh, ADA compliant EV charging spaces located there, so that they're closer to the entrance of the building. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that that's it. That was a, a quick presentation for me. I just wanted to give a kind of a layout of who we are, what we're doing, why we're doing this, um, why we are looking at this location, and what uh, is currently on the table. But I'm uh, more than happy to answer any questions you have now. And also, my contact info is on there as well and, and on the packet so that if any other questions come up, uh, afterwards, happy to take those as well. But yeah, go ahead. Commissioner, as, Commissioner yeah, Henry. As the major complainer, <laughs> or individual who has bringing this to attention, we do have insufficient handicap parking. Right. And in fact, there is insufficient handicap parking today, and there's very little going on here today. Mm. Um, when we have a full cadre, um, there's very little parking available. Right. Overall, anywhere near the entrance to the senior center. 
since we no longer use the second entrance. Where is the second entrance? Second entrance is on East 14th, and that's okay. closed. Okay. So we have to use the entrance from the parking lot. Mm -hmm. There is rarely, I would say, of the last dozen times that I've been here, and I'm here at least twice a week, um, I would say more, more than a dozen, uh, there is insufficient um, ADA parking. Mm -hmm. Um, so I am concerned about that, and particularly hearing the numbers of what is specifically identified as the number of parking spaces for the senior center, and that would be sort of the, the, the legal understanding, not that we always pay attention to that. Uh, I am one of those that does not pay attention to that. Um, there are designated parking places here within the lot that is not owned by the city, but by the county, uh, for the senior center. And if we count all of those spaces, um, there's limited parking because the hospital comes into our area, we go into their area. And then there is the professional buildings that are on the other side. Um, and I'm wondering if that area is available for some of the EV parking. Um, as well, I'm wondering why the EV parking, the eight spaces that are marked on here, mm -hmm. are specifically within the area that is identified as available to, legally available to the Seeger Center, or within the understanding of what we have as parking. And why not in the areas that are identified um, as specifically for the hospital or the, for the professional buildings? Um, that eliminates more parking available for the se for the senior center itself. Um, and the other question I have is, where is the nearby housing? Yeah, the um, the multifamily housing. Yeah. Uh, Let's see, I'm a little. East Fourteen is yeah. Yeah. Oh, East Fourteen, a block away okay. on Bancroft. Uh yeah, I'm just a little turned around. But there is uh There's professional on that buildings side? on this side. I think side. it's on that There's side. There's professional yeah. buildings on this side. Yeah. Where next, is the next to the, the housing? Am I am I lost? Next to the professional building is the, uh, the housing. There's a small apartment. Yeah, a little tiny apartment building. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, it's, it, and that and those people are going to come around the corner and do the and of course you only have a certain amount of time. That you can be in that EV parking space. Mm -hmm. Very short period of time, actually. Yeah. Um, when are those people going to use that space? A block away from where they live. Yeah. Well, so these are going to be high-powered chargers, so there is going to be a quick turnaround. So we're looking at, you know, a 15-minute window that it takes for them to charge their cars all. So um, in theory, you know, they they probably won't really even be leaving their cars in that period of time uh, to charge them. But they, they certainly could and, and walk somewhere and get a cup of coffee or something. But um, what we looked at is a square mile radius from the, from the location. That's how we assess uh, if there are enough multifamily housing nearby uh, for it to be considered a spot that we would um, deem as a multifamily hotspot, essentially.
So we look at, at a mile radius outside of the project area, and that's where you know we look to see if there's multifamily housing. So it's not necessarily like are they across the street or a block away. It's, it's really within that square mile that we're looking at. So it's been agreed to use parking for seniors that's identified for seniors for this EV parking for people who live a mile away. Has it been? I missed the first part of your question. Well, we're using parking for seniors. Yeah. This lot here is for the hospital and for the seniors and for the professional mm -hmm. buildings. So the seniors are involved in that. And there's a limited number of spaces for seniors. So the decision by the city, Dr. Mock, has been that we will use parking that is needed for seniors to come to this building, the senior center. Um, few of us, you know, are, are running, a few are running a mile. Um, others are not, uh, even, you know, the those that, that are not using handicapped spaces may not want to walk additional feet or miles uh, to come to the senior center. And I'm concerned that that will take away from the uh, desire, shall we say, to come to the senior center. And I'm wondering why, um, though I'm, I'm not opposed to the vehicles, and the charging stations because I have family members who have a Tesla. God knows why, but they've got a Tesla. <laughs> um, and my grandsons, are, you know, when they buy their own cars, they've got little old cheap cars now, but when they buy their new cars, they're going to be electric cars. That's, young people are going to do that. And I think that's absolutely wonderful. Um, but I am concerned that we're using space that is needed for the seniors who come here and use this center for citizens who live a mile away. Yeah. And nothing has been decided on this project yet. I'll, I'll just want to preface it with that. This, the city has not decided, yes, we are doing this project here. Um, this is uh, one of several locations that we said we should take a look at. Um, and so that's why we're, we're here and presenting the idea to you all, because we want to hear your feedback, and if um, if if the feedback is not positive, the the project does not have to move forward. Nothing has been determined on that side of things. So, um, I, I will preface that also. We did look at the um, hospital parking lot as well as the professional mm -hmm. building. Um, unfortunately, one of the constraints is that. Uh, we primarily needed to look at um, properties that the city owns because uh, we do not own either of those other parking lots. Uh, we went for months, I believe, trying to track down who actually owns the parking lot next to the senior um, community center. And, and as, as we found out, uh, it is the Alameda Health Services. Um, so that's while while we own the building, we do not own the parking lot, so it is technically under their decision uh, whether they allow the the parking um, uh, for the electric vehicles. That being said, uh, yes, Zach is right. Uh, we are in negotiation with them. We we can tell them that um, you know there's a strong. Um, 
reaction to to the the parking, and we we can reduce it and so on. And that that is still negotiable. Um, I will also add though that um, electric vehicle charging is part of both the city climate action plan as well as the state um, goals. Uh, there is a strong need to install a charging infrastructure in order to meet the state goals. Um, and so while the senior center is not necessarily the only location that we need to look at, um, there's only a couple of places where we can be installing on, on city properties. Um, all of the places that we are looking at, um, we're investigating the proximity to the multifamily housing, particularly because there is an equity um, component to it. Um, as Zach was mentioning, renters do not have the ability to install chargers at their location for the, for the most part. Um, so as a public agency with dedication to um, our equity uh, principles, we need to be able to provide um, those facilities for folks. And so amongst all of the properties that we do own, only a couple meet the uh, state requirement of the one square mile um, that allows us to get funding to install these things. So we're trying to filter through all the possible locations to, to do that. So the senior community senior center is one of those locations. It's not the only one. Um, City Hall and the library are two other locations that we're looking at. Um, but, you know, uh, with the goal in mind to be able to elevate uh, more people to be able to have electric vehicles, you do have to have the chargers in place. So trying to spread it out across the city as much as possible um, to be able to, to do that. So yes, we definitely hear your concern. Um, we did um, reduce the number of um, uh, chargers to, to try and accommodate for that. Um, we did see that from the survey that we ran last summer, uh, there was also a preference for five chargers as well. I don't know if that's something that we can um, we can go back to the design and, and look at that as well. Um, but uh, yeah, so that we're kind of in that negotiation part for the for the actual design. I'm, I'm opposed, I'm opposed I'm to the, the location here. I'm not necessarily opposed to the stations themselves, but that the location is right in front of the, basically, in the, in the, the two um, lanes here. At the senior center, there's nothing in the hospital area. There's nothing in the areas that are closer to the other side of the parking lot where the professional buildings are. Why, I would like you to reconsider the location, if this is the choice, that the location of these, that if it's a mile, it's a big area here. And why specifically in the lanes that are closer to the senior center versus closer to the hospital or closer to the professional buildings? Yeah, I, I don't think that the parking lot, and maybe um, this has to do with the, the mapping, um, I, we did look at the parking lot that was closer to the hospital that's like right adjacent to the hospital. Um, but Alameda Health Services said that that wasn't right. feasible. Yeah, Alameda Health Systems owns that lot as well as this one. And <coughs> this is unfortunately all that they have given us the right to look at. <laughs> so, And then the lot across, 138th closer to the, um, the uh, 
yeah, the other uh, spaces over there is owned by another entity. So, what um, about the? I think she was asking about the professional building too. Yeah, that that's, that's the other one that we yeah, did. That's, yeah, sorry, that's, that's that what I was okay, talking thank about. You. Yeah. All right. Okay, uh, com Commissioner Miller, and then Commissioner Dillon, then Commissioner Apricio. Yeah, I would just like to point out that seniors don't tend to buy new electric cars. Sure. You know, I was going to buy a new car when I retired, but my car only had 50,000 miles on it, and it's good for at least 200,000. So I'm not going to go out and spend thirty or 40,000 on a new car on a fixed budget. So there's another equity issue there. If I can't afford to buy an electric car and I need to come to the senior center to do my volunteer work, you know, I'm stuck. Commissioner Dillon? Oh, I'm sorry. Commissioner Dillon? Well, one of my questions was answered, but I'm looking at the traffic pattern actually now, so maybe it's not the right time to really talk about that. Go ahead. Oh, um, okay, well, I, <laughs> sure. They're um, here now. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just wondering, you know, electric uh, charging stations aside, whether or not it goes through. Yeah. I think a, a traffic pattern whereby these are both one way going this way would make an easier drop-off for people, too. Mm. Right, so if you, you come in, you go that way, you come in, you go that way, and then you go out. See what I mean? Yeah. So you come in. So if these these need to, if these change to this direction, and these all change to <coughs> just this side, change to that direction, then they would all be. Oh, these have to go this way too. You get my drift. Yeah, and these are both both See are I mean? already two way. Um. Yeah. 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 So they're both already. So if they're both one way. It would make traffic patterns a little easier, and then just shoot, drop off and. Yeah. Okay. That would be just one thing. Okay. Okay. Is here or there? For either way, whichever way it goes. Okay. That's it probably yeah, wouldn't you. involve you if it didn't happen. Let's <laughs> 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 put that out there. <laughs> uh, first and foremost, thank you for coming out. Yes. Show me this uh, wonderful project that you have in hands. I have a loaded question for you guys. Um, <laughs> We'd like to know what the costs are involved in here, yeah. uh, permits and so forth and all that, mm -hmm. the timeline, and if you have done any some sort of data <coughs> as far as where San Leandro lands in terms of local stations and charging stations in the area. For example, how many does Fremont, mm -hmm. Astro Valley, Oakland have versus San Leandro? Mm -hmm. Are we ahead or behind uh, the, the ABLE? And having said that, what is the impact? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to address cost, uh, Ava would fully take on the cost of purchasing the equipment, installing it, <clears throat> owning and operating all of it. There's no cost to the city. There's no cost to the senior center. There's no cost to the property owner. Ava would fully fund the entire project. Um, and how much these projects tend to cost is... Uh, it, it fluctuates, but um, maybe around $2 million per project is what we're looking at. Um, but again, Ava would fully fund that uh, through our local programs budget, um, which is budget that's already been approved by our board. Um, 
And then in terms of charging stations in San Leandro, where do they, where do you rank? Um, what's the impact? Um, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but we don't have any. <laughs> so um, there are privately owned um, chargers. Uh, you may have seen them at a Bayfair Mall and a couple other commercial lots. Um, this is the first uh, public project that we're installing. Um, there is one at the Public Works yard uh, that was mostly meant for employees, but um, most people are not going there to charge as a public uh, resident. Um, so this is really um, a gap that is uh, needed within the community because um, the commercial lots are, you know, they, they make their own decisions. And so uh, we really want to be able to provide, particularly for um, um, across the geography of, of San Leandro, to be able to provide uh, electric vehicle charging. So um, Oakland and Fremont do have chargers. Um, they've been um, installing them, so we're definitely behind in, in that respect. Commissioner Dillon? Um, has thought been given to street parking, street e, uh, EV charging? Over yeah. Across the front of the building or further down? Yeah, um, and curbside charging um, tends to be a little more difficult in terms of a technical feasibility perspective. Um, especially with what we're doing here where we have, uh, or I guess actually we changed this design, but typically what we have been doing is uh, having one charger have two ports and we place it at the head of, uh, in, in the middle of two parking spaces so that one station can serve two parking spaces. And that definitely gets challenging with curbside parking, especially if it's parallel parking, which I'm not, I'm not sure actually what's out right. here, if it's parallel or not, but um, that's one of, of the difficulties with curbside. Um, and the other being uh, with curbside parking, uh, you're looking at, you know, a stretch of parking spaces, whereas like here, for example, we have, we can cluster the spaces closer together. And so to serve each of these charging stations, you have to run you have to trench and run underground conduit to each of those chargers. So when you can cluster them closer together physically like that, it's more cost effective. Whereas if you have to you know, run them all the way down a long sidewalk to serve the same number of parking spaces, it becomes a little more, a little less cost effective, I guess. But um, yeah, it is something that we are also open to. Is Commissioner Lopez and then Commissioner McHenry. Okay, I have a question. So the charging stations that are at B of A downtown are not yours? No. Okay, and has the city uh, looked at possibly, you know, we have a lot of little empty lots that got nothing on it, you know, utilizing something like that? Oh, you mean like underdeveloped, undeveloped lots? Yeah, just, yeah. just a lot with a bunch of weeds, you yeah. know, some of them have fences, some of them don't, yeah. but they're just sitting there. Mm. I guess that would be more yeah. question um, So the city doesn't own necessarily all of those locations. Um, if we did, I'm sure that there there's multiple other possible uses that we have to consider whether we want to do this or not. Um, so 
Yes, I would love to be able to install charging or a community garden. There's like a lot of things that I would personally love to do, but the city doesn't own most of those locations. So the it is technically feasible to install there, but there's kind of that added layer of, okay, you have to get the property owner on board. You have to figure out whether we're paying rent or whether they're owning it, whether we're owning it, whether Abe is owning it. So it kind of just adds layer complication. Um, not impossible, but we can definitely, it's, it's been easier to start with our city facilities first before we move to that level. Um, so we've been able to negotiate with Ava um, investigation or of the feasibility of all our city properties. Um, as mentioned, we already had designs set out for the library and the city hall location and, and this one. Um, and then kind of the more challenging locations of those empty lots, we save kind of for that next phase two after this. Right, but didn't you do that for the LMA Health uh, Center that owns these lots? You guys, you guys did that. And we did that them. primarily because we didn't idea. know that they owned it. <laughs> and it was after a many, many months of investigation to figure out whether yeah. they did own it or whether we owned it. Um, to, to finally move forward. Uh, I think that was kind of just the exception only because we were getting many months of conflicting answers on, on that. Mm -hmm. So uh, we would not like to repeat that process <laughs> yeah. for another lot, I think. Um, yeah, only only because we didn't we didn't know, like legitimately didn't know, so. I'm gonna take two more, uh, Commissioner Miller and then Commissioner McKenna. I have a question. Because this seems like an imposition on the senior center users, what are the benefits to the senior center of having these stations in our area? Because mm. when you negotiate, there should be a plus in, in addition to all the perceived minus. Yeah. I mean, I would say that to any of the users of the senior center who happen to have EVs, this would obviously be a benefit to them, employees of the senior center who happen to have EVs or anyone who's looking to to acquire one as their next vehicle, I think this would be a benefit to them as well. Um, but you know, it's generally more just to benefit the the local community um, in, in terms of their ability to to be able to charge somewhere um, where they can't right now. So, um. Mr. Uh, quickly, since one of my concerns is location, mm -hmm. it seems, and you just said, it's the major benefit is to the community at large. Why not along the East 14th, or closer to East 14th, than within the center, the, the center of the parking lot? Uh, and I would suspect that um, it might be less costly to do it along East 14th. There would be access. There are, I mean, you probably put all uh, eight of them together at the far end of the parking lot, closer to East 14th, which is not not within the aisle here of the senior center, but more within the next aisle over from the entryways, the entry street. Hmm. Um, easier for the uh, renters. Um, it's closer to East 14th. People could come in and just you know, take their, although it takes much longer for this Tesla to uh, uh, to charge than 15 minutes, but, um, and, and I know the challenges of even finding 
a parking space because I've heard it all. But I'm wondering why Alameda has uh, doesn't want you closer to the property, hmm. to their property, but is willing to let you use property that is uh, normally used by uh, seniors. Se the seniors at the senior center seems a little <laughs> a little hinky there <laughs> um, that they would uh, give this property which they own you know we don't own it they own it um, uh, and but I think east, closer to East 14th would be a good location if this is the only option and uh, Dr. Mock, I am surprised that the city did not know because uh, this. I remember getting the admonition from um, the uh, the hospital uh, exactly where it is the seniors could park, and that's why I mentioned earlier what spaces are available to us because they've made it very very clear to the senior center staff because. Um, during my time on the commission, we were told exactly what spaces were legally being given, shall we yeah. say, to the there, there, there was so confusion. they've known for a long, long time. Yeah, there, there was actually confusion about it because the city had a maintenance agreement with Alameda Health Services, uh, which was slightly different than the ownership of it. Um, so... The, the maintenance agreement um, extended for both this area as well as their area, um, whereas the property ownership was obviously the, the whole area. And so that um, took a lot of coordination between our legal team, their legal team, our facilities, their facilities, and just months and months of So they're happy emails. for us to repair the lot. Yes. But... <laughs> But not do other things with the Yes, lights. that is correct. Um, I loved your question. What is the benefit? They're happy for us to repair their lot. What's the benefit to us to have these parking, these EV parking spaces in this particular location? I don't like it. Yeah. Well, and we're happy to look at whatever spaces AHS makes available to us. Um, and we can bring this feedback back to them and see if they're willing to offer up some other spaces to us as well. And um, it's an ongoing discussion that we're having with them. Like we, we have not yet executed the agreement with AHS. So uh, if, if the desire is really to push these to a different location in the lot, we can bring that feedback to them and see if they're willing to execute the agreement in a different area. Um, but just for now, this is what they've given to us. So I have one more question. Yeah. Um, is it required a new construction um, for apartments or um, like downtown? Now we have the construction going on for Sprouts and the live work thing. Uh, is it a requirement that those new construction have EV parking, EV parking um, chargers uh, a certain number? Yeah, so we passed the... Um, as part of the building code update uh, last year um, that was included in the um, local requirements for it. Um, there was a legal case in Berkeley against 
one section of the uh, sim similar regional uh, requirements um, that were passed around natural gas use. Um, so hopefully that doesn't affect the other part of the, the requirement on the electric vehicle portion. Um, but the natural gas requirement is kind of still out for um, legal interpretation on how we implement it. Um, so, so that there is that. Um, for time being, um, our building and uh, planning team has been told just to continue um, enforcing the way that they they have been enforcing, only because there there haven't been as many new projects uh, ready to that pipeline. Um, the other important com component to re remember is that um, the way that was written only applies to projects that were not already in progress by that time. So all of the new construction uh, that's happening downtown, unless they'd already planned for electric vehicle charging, they're not going to just add in new electric vehicle chargers. So it would have to be a new project that kind of got started up uh, last year uh, that was still in design phase to be able to add um, those extra facilities. So, okay. And last but not least, who's going to police the fact that people are parking in the EV parking spaces that don't have an EV vehicle? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a great question. So, Alameda County Hill. Well, when you park with your EV vehicle, generally there's an app, yeah. and the app will tell you that you've used up your time. And if you continue to use up more time, there will be a cost. Yeah. So that's one way. But, but my question is, people that don't have an EV vehicle, for yeah. me, for instance, oh, if okay. I came here and I saw that the EV space uh, for handicap yeah. was open, and I don't have an EV vehicle, <coughs> who's going to police me if I park in the EV parking space? Yeah, I mean, it's a great okay. question. <laughs> With a handicap sticker. With a handicap yeah. sticker, right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we we as Ava have no jurisdiction to be able to do that, um, but the, the, well, city, the city that. is authorized to um, ticket and even tow vehicles that are blocking EV charging spaces. If the vehicle is not charging itself, that's actually state code that gives local jurisdictions that authority to do that. Um, that said, in reality, is it being practiced? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, most likely would be an expansion of our current um, parking enforcement services. Um, so I'd imagine that we would be negotiating with them kind of this added um, area to, to be investigating. And so is this, so if this is a private parking lot, though, can you, um, can you? No, they can't. They can't. Right, city can't. They can't. Can the city? Yeah. No, actually, you understand my question. I'm sorry. Yes, I understand your question exactly. The this this site aside, the city's parking enforcement will be enforcing all of the electric vehicles because, like City Hall, for example, we're also looking at another site. So most likely, I think that one will go first before this one. Um, so that will probably be a test test run for how well the enforcement will will run. Um, it's also important to realize that this is definitely not something that is unique to San Leandro. 
all the other cities are also looking at how to better come up with practices to do enforcement, to um, do parking, and so on. Electric vehicle charging is not the same as filling up your gas at a gas station. So a lot of these practices are being developed as we plan it, you know. Um, so some of these things we're just going to have to see as we, as we go because there isn't like a model that is exactly like this in existence right now. Um, so that's kind of the best that I have because it doesn't exist yet. So we'll Thank see. you. Thank you both very much for taking our questions and getting beat up a little. Sorry. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Thank you very much for sure. allowing me to do that. <laughs> Thank you for having me. And we would, we would like to have you back in, uh, sure. again in the future to find out. I'm sure we'll find out through the grapevine what's going on anyway, but we'd certainly like to have your feedback on what we told you yeah. or expressed our concerns. And um, thank you again for coming. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thanks. And you're welcome to stay if you like. All right. Thank you. Very good question. Are you, are you welcome to run out of the building? Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 Don't let anybody know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> thank you both. Really? Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I'll uh, leave this. On to oral report secretary. Mr. Secretary. Thank you, Chair. Uh, for the record, I'd like to state that Commissioner Aparicio uh, is now present, and uh, he joined us uh, shortly after the roll call. Uh, so I'm excited uh, to uh, introduce one of my colleagues, who I believe you all requested be here months back. You, wanted, you heard her name, and you wanted to put a name to the face. Um, so I'd like to take this opportunity to introduce Alice Walker, who plays a key role with the planning and implementation of our senior services. I will turn it over to her for further uh, introduction and uh, an overview of her role and some updates regarding uh, exciting uh, upcoming events and programs. Welcome. Hello. Yes, welcome. <laughs> My name is Alice Walker and I joined the senior center staff um, October of 2019. And um, took over senior services coordinator role and do all the programming for all the classes that go on here and um, special events. Speaking of, we have a couple um, coming up that I brought flyers for um, to share with you all. So I'll start with one that's happening this Friday. Let's see, there's three of you that way. So this Friday, we're um, celebrating Black History Month. We got a special guest speaker, and we're showing a film. We're going to use the Marina Community Center because they have that wonderful room with great seating <laughs> to see a movie. And then um, we, we wanted to just really celebrate Black History, and so we did ask for a guest speaker. She's from the community, and she... Um, she started in a, you know, as a child in a segregated school system, and then as she grew up and things changed, she became the principal of two uh, nationally recognized high schools. So she's going to share a little bit about her story and have a little discussion, and then we've got snacks um, for everybody that signs up for that program. It's free, and then we'll watch a movie together. So that's this Friday, and you may have seen 
I did an email blast to make sure we've been we've had it in the calendar <laughs> and we have it on the wall, but we did an email blast because that just gets out to more people. And then um, it's also uh, cardiac awareness month. <laughs> and so our Alameda County um, group that does our diabetes classes, asked if they could do a hypertension class. So we have a special presentation from them towards the end of the month, again free, um, here at the center. And um, they're going to go over, you know, things to look for, healthy habits so you can avoid this, um, you know, all that kind of stuff that people just don't even realize could be. So, it's, you know, really a lot of the programming that we try to bring in is, um, not only fun and exercise and all that, but also informational. So I do a lot of um, community education, and I still do that on Zoom. So we started Zoom community education during the pandemic. And what we have found is because a lot of that is like general information, we can reach more people if we keep it on Zoom, um, as opposed to the limitation of a room. And I can record it. <laughs> And so there are seniors that have, unfortunately, have to work still. So when I when they register for that and we record it, they can still watch the replay because um, the senior center hours are like nine to five, and that's usually when those seniors are working. So we're working on getting a um, a YouTube channel actually to be able to air the recordings. That's just for seniors as well. I'm in the process of that, um, and then. Another thing that was brought to me recently was um, this vision screening. Now, this is a little bit limited uh, because she can only see, I think it's 12 people in the time that she's here. But the reason I thought this was important is not every senior has vision coverage um, because that is an extra. And so they called and offered to do this screening, and I said, yes, of course. Um, uh, so we scheduled it, and she's going to bring in a machine, and it's just a, a basic screening. So if they find anything, then they'll give that senior um, some literature and options of what they can then do. But again, free for the seniors, and you know, knowing that a lot of seniors are on fixed incomes. Uh, what I try to do is, when stuff like this is brought to me as a op as an opportunity, like you know, to to bring it to the seniors. So. Um, I also help with planning events and parties and stuff like that. So Stephanie and I have been trying to, um, you know, bring some of what used to be pre-pandemic back to the center um, so that you guys have lots of fun community-type activity that you can engage in. That's essentially what I do. <laughs> Any, yes, go ahead. Um, are you in charge of the um, making the... Uh, brush, in that brochure, the booklet. I'm not, I'm not in charge of it, but I help with it. Um, so I do supply the information that goes in the senior services section. Okay. I have some um, question about it. And the yoga, there is a symbol that is not, should not be there. I mean, it is some sort of religious symbol. So I will talk to you. Oh, okay. Show me that because yeah. also um, we work with an outside company that comes up with um, some of the formatting and stuff. So and the graphics. So 
So show it to me so I can so I can take care of that. There's a couple yoga though. There's yoga, so it would depend on what section. If I see the the book, I'll point it to you. Okay, great. The other thing is, are you in charge of the events at the Vic Center? Not all of them. Um, mostly only senior specific events. Okay, um, what happened in, uh, just for, um, it was uh, 2022, um, someone had booked a event in the, a evening event, a night event in the big center and the, um, they had planned their 25th anniversary for a long time. And the lights went out, and they said, "Okay, now you can go home," and um, without any backup plan. So that was what, what was bothering me. I, uh, so, is there any? If there is an event and there is a there is a power outage, is there a backup plan? I I think that would actually be a facilities question. There, um, they handle all the buildings. Yeah. You know, like when, when I plan an event here, I still have to make a reservation with facilities to set up the room how I want, and so they would be the ones that handle the building. So I think that would be a I'm facility. I'm talking about power outage. If there's a power outage, then what happens to the event? They, they have to close down and go away. Isn't that some um, backup, um, like uh, lanterns, um, um, lanterns or something, generator? I, I believe this building has a generator because it's also the um, emergency location, but I don't think Wix does. Yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. think that should be done because that is a very, uh, not very good thing. Uh, someone planned their wedding uh, 20, uh, anniversary for a year for a year and then they have it and just when they are about to cut the cake, the power, power goes up and someone comes and says, now you have to evacuate this. Uh, this uh, that doesn't sound very good and uh, inspiring. So yeah. just to bring it to your attention, that's all. That's yeah, we can share the comment, the feedback yeah. with our facilities folks and see if there's something that we can do in preparation for something like that. Yeah, it's good to have a backup plan, yeah. for yeah. sure. Yes, Commissioner McHenry. So pleased to see a movie going on because <laughs> I think that there are a number of seniors who, who missed the pre-pandemic movie once a week or once a, once a month, I guess it was. Can't remember now. It's too too many years ago. Um, That's why we thought it would be perfect. <laughs> I, yeah, if we could, you know, set that up for you know a future uh, possibility of a regular um, event again. That was always uh, well attended. Every movie that I ever went to, the the whole place was full. Um, the movies were always pretty good. Older movies, but always movies that we liked. Um, I hope you can continue. I know I'm really pushing for it. <laughs> Good. Well, if, if you need input, obviously listening to me talk to the poor people about parking, um, I have I have thoughts, <laughs> and I have a lot of DVDs, so <laughs> I'm willing to loan out. <laughs> it was very popular, and I would love to see it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, I read that feedback at the Senior Resource Fair, and so that's that was actually the inspiration for this event. Oh, yeah. good, perfect. Yeah, I'd like to see the the Resource Fair come back again here. Uh, that was always very popular, um, and um, 
the more time, the more I see things going on here, I'm really happy to see that. Oh, good. So, yeah, we yeah. did it. We had it last June, and we do plan to do it again this this year. I'm not sure that it'll be in June, but we are we are talking about it. Wonderful. And the scene and the commission um, always has a table too, so we're always willing to come. You know, volunteer to come in and let everybody know about the commission as well. So okay, cool. Yeah, yes. thank you. Any other questions? Thank you very much for coming, and please feel free to stay and listen to the rest of our presentations. Or okay, okay, thank you. I also like to add that uh, she's doing an amazing job for us, as you have heard, and uh, she also has been roped into the age friendly uh, <laughs> process. So uh, lately, she has been working closely with our consultant, Fair Street, um, in supporting uh, a lot of the logistics get, that go into. Uh, booking spaces here at the site for these sessions that are coming up, which I'll provide an update about shortly, helping with the promotion. And then we have a, a few places where we hope that we can engage you all in the next month, and she's going to be working with me Good. to make sure that uh, we're communicating and coordinating well in advance to, uh, uh, to really have a meaningful engagement uh, for you all, but for, for the community. So uh, I'll share more, a bit more about that, but thank you in advance, and thank you for all the work that you've done already with H-Friendly. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Uh, the uh, the other update that I have is, if you all recall, at the January commission meeting, uh, Chair Watchison uh, 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 brought up the Recreation and Parks Master Plan. Uh, and if you recall, the commission expressed interest in having the consultant present uh, to this commission in the future. I committed to following up with my colleague uh, with the Recreation and Parks Department and uh, uh, about that possibility, and I uh, learned, or what was validated, which, which is what I mentioned during the last meeting, is that the consultant's time, uh, the hours are actually very limited, uh, to the point that the consultant actually has not had the opportunity to present to the Recreation and Parks Commission yet. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, that said, they are looking for, um, for uh, uh, there are, exploring the possibility of a presentation to the Recreation and Parks Commission. And, and um, my colleague uh, mentioned that uh, if and when that happens, she's going to share that information with me so that I can share it with this commission and invite everyone to participate or attend that meeting. So that's one opportunity. Uh, uh, she, uh, my colleague also committed to sending me as much information uh, regarding upcoming community engagement opportunities. As you know, they've done some town hall meetings and some focus groups. So I will continue to, um, you know, to share that uh, with everyone in the in the weeks to come. And um, so, I, yeah, so I think that's the, the update regarding the, so the follow-up regarding the Recreation and Parks Master Plan. Uh, so that means that the consultant cannot come and give us a presentation. At this time, they, can, they cannot. What they're, what they're, what they're hoping they can do is that the consultant can go and present to the Recreation and uh, Parks Commission, and then we would be invited to participate in that meeting. Oh, okay, but uh, will that be a night meeting? I believe the yeah, I believe the Recreation and Parks Commission meeting yeah, meets. Uh, they meet the the first Wednesday of the month at seven p.m. Um. So who is your colleague who does the um, planning, this planning? Who is in charge of the master plan? 
So uh, the liaison to the consultant is the recreation and parks manager. Her name is Ellie Wan. Ellie Wan. Mm -hmm. Oh, Ellie. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <coughs> Thank you. Thanks. And this concludes my report. Okay. Perhaps they could have a Zoom meeting, maybe, if that... Yes. If we were invited, maybe if they do a Zoom meeting that way, so we can <coughs> participate if we can't actually um, attend in person. I mean, we don't have to put in our two cents worth, but uh, just so that we could have a... And if they could get the recordings up. Yes. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Where Where do they have their meetings at City Hall? Yeah, there is some check. Um, they are at City Hall, correct? Okay. In the Sister Cities Gallery. Yes, Commissioner McHenry. Um, I would just comment. Um, there are a number of us. Not everybody here is as old as I am, but there are a number of us who don't drive that much at night, and. City Hall is not accessible, uh, and I don't know who thinks it is, but it's definitely not me because I require um, accessibility. Uh, so whether it's day or night, um, if you could pass on the comment, um, City Hall is not accessible. Yeah, I'm happy to share that feedback. There used to be, you could park in front, uh, and I would... Uh, I would actually arrive early to meetings and maybe even sit in my car for a while. Mm -hmm. But there's, that parking is no longer available. And the other parking uh, in the, the little lot, um, the door is locked. Right. So you can't enter the building right. at night. At night. The door, the is, door locked. is locked at night. Yes, the door is locked. Yes, yeah, so, so you have to walk all the way around if you're... Uh, yes, you have to walk the entire length of East 14th to get to the um, to the door. Yeah. So if you just share that, no, I will, it. I, will, I will pass on that feedback. Yes. I've mentioned it before, but this, nobody yes, paid this any issue attention. This has come up before a couple times, and I'm surprised that it's still locked. Yes. I'm actually shocked. And well, it still is. <laughs> yes. And I have brought it up a number of times. Yes, there's and no reason for it to be locked, but everyone's parking on that side anyway. Yep. There's so many people parking on that side. Everybody is parking on that side. Yes. Because when they did, they made the changes with the bus lanes. It took out a number of parking spaces. Yeah, and I'm surprised that uh, the uh, consultant doesn't have any like five minutes to come and give us a pre presentation here. Well, first of all, they haven't even presented it to the Parks and Rec yet, so mm -hmm. to present it to us first would not be protocol. They they yeah. need to re present it to the part the. It's not. It's Rex and Park now, isn't it? Sorry. Yeah, Rex, <laughs> so Rex and Park. Sorry about Park. that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so I can understand why we wouldn't have them come here first. But we would like to know what we would like to be part of it, as as their Zoom meeting included one section of uh, you know the, uh, what would the um, you know our senior citizens like to see in the in the park. So. Mm -hmm. And as part of the age friendly initiative. Yeah, right. For okay. What it's worth, I yes. was in a part of that. Discussion. I'm sorry? I was in that discussion. You listened into that session? I was in the Zoom call. Oh, good. Could yes. you maybe report on that in your commissioner comments? That would be, or under um, the age friendly? Sure. Okay, I'd re I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you.
All right. Thank you very much. Yes. Okay. Um, on to unfinished business. Um, our age-friendly assessment and action plan, an update on the progress and the next steps. Um, Commissioner Camello, I'd like to call on you to let us know about the editorial submission that was going to be done to the uh, Times. What happened was I submitted my write-up, uh, but I, um, Mr. Naranjo called me and said they want to have it first before I put my thing up. So I went, uh, I called the editor and told him not to publish my uh, write-up, but to have, uh, it was a good idea, I think, that they should have their first chance to present their present, uh, whatever they have to say. So that was being done, and it was a, a good thing that they did it first, and I agree with that. So now in future, if you want me to write, it will be okay. And if you don't want me to write, it is okay too. So it depends on you guys if you want, want me to write something. Well, I, I would I would like you to write something. Do we need a vote on the on do. the? Do we? Okay. So could I have a motion to uh, to um, have Bello write in the Times uh, about our um, our sorry our age friendly? Yes. I'll, I'll uh, take that motion. I guess is that what I say? <laughs> For her to do that. Okay. Commissioner and Commissioner Miller, second. So, just to clarify, the motion by uh, Commissioner Lopez Nacario is to um, have uh, Commissioner Comello, on behalf of the commission, write a in, uh, a piece for the San Leandro Times to be published in the editorial section of the Times. Not editorial, not a letter, but a, a, like a write-up. A write-up for the San Leandro yeah. Times, but it's, so just to be clear, on behalf of the commission. On behalf of the commission, right. yes. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Would you like to do a roll call, please? I need a second. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, oh, sorry. Commissioner Miller seconded. Sorry. Great. Okay. Uh, Chair Watchison? Yes. Vice Chair Comello? Yes. Commissioner Aparicio? Yes. Commissioner Dillon? Aye. Commissioner Lopez Nacario made the motion. Aye. Aye. Uh, Commissioner McHenry? Yes. And Commissioner Miller? Yes. The motion passes. Thank you. Yes. So whenever you have the opportunity and then the submit, then let us let Pedro know that you submitted it so that he can let us know so we can um, be aware that to, to take a look and make sure it's there. And usually he publishes it whenever there's place. So yeah, yeah. you don't expect it next week or something. Of course we expect it next week. Tell him. <laughs> Tell him the commission wants it next week. <laughs> Thank you very much for doing that. You're a very good writer and we really appreciate your you your helping us with this. Okay. Um, let me see. So I'd like to know where we are on the deliverables out, uh, outlined in the community engagement plan. Thank you, Chair. So I'll, I have an update from our consultant, Per Street. I'll go ahead and read that update, and then I'll pause for any comments or questions, and then I will uh, follow with uh, an update regarding some upcoming opportunities where we would love to have the commission uh, engaged. So I'm going I'm to be calling out for, for volunteers, so be ready for that. Um, so the update from Per Street is, uh, since Per Street presented their draft community engagement plan at the last month's meeting, 
the project team has officially launched its age-friendly San Leandro public outreach and engagement plan. A project website uh, went live on January 30th with accompanying, accompanying branding. Um, social media ads through the city's various channels. And as we just discussed, uh, an article in the San Leandro Times, which was printed on February 1st. The project website describes the age-friendly action plan and planning process timeline, while also providing community members with opportunities to participate via listening sessions through a direct feedback form and eventually through a community survey, which is projected to launch next week. In addition to digital marketing, the project team has partnered with 15 community-serving organizations to set up physical, age-friendly San Leandro displays across the city. The displays offer residents an in-person opportunity to engage with the initiative, joining the listening sessions, and eventually completing the survey. Um, and a form of connection between the age-friendly San Leandro and the organizations they trust and are familiar with. Across all these channels, we have received 136 listening session applications as of February 11th. With, um, and the deadline for the applications, as you all know, is tomorrow. Um, and the breakdown of that 136 is as follows. African-American residents, 55 applications. Asian residents, 26 applications. Residents with disabilities, 20 applications. LGBTQ plus residents, 19 applications. Latino residents, 16 applications. We will continue to accept applications through February 16th and send invitations to a diverse set of applicants shortly after. The venues and dates and times have been confirmed for most of the 90-minute listening sessions. The Asian residents will meet on Saturday, March 2nd at 10.30 a.m. in the Manor Branch Library. The African-American residents will meet on Saturday, March 9th at 10.30 in the San Leandro Community Library. Hispanic and Latinx residents will meet on Saturday, March 16th at 10.30 a.m. at Davis Street Community Center. Uh, the LGBTQ plus residents will meet on Tuesday, March 19th at 12.30 p.m. at the San Leandro Senior Community Center. And residents with disabilities and chronic illness will most likely meet virtually on Saturday, March 23rd at 10.30 a.m. We look forward to having you in attendance for some or all of these sessions. It is exciting to finally be hearing directly from community members. As we continue to prepare for these sessions, we will also launch the community survey next week, utilizing the same digital and in-person outreach channels to encourage as many residents as possible to provide their input. We will let you know once the survey has launched so that you can share it widely with your friends, family, and broader network. Pear Street looks forward to joining you at the next commission meeting on March 21st that will be an ideal time
to summarize and debrief on the listening sessions to date and to conduct a preliminary review of the community survey results. Your next meeting will also serve as an opportunity to clarify expectations for the first draft of the age-friendly action plan, which will be present, uh, which we will present uh, the following month at our April 18th meeting. So that concludes the uh, report from the consultant. I will pause for comments, questions before I um, share the upcoming opportunities for commission engagement. Yes, yes Commissioner McHenry. Oh, one thought I had, um, I have these great thoughts when I'm driving, <laughs> uh, was that we have seem to have forgotten the business community and I'm wondering if that is of any importance to to this particular uh, to our particular age-friendly project. What happens to people if they don't belong to any of the four categories? They they can still uh, anybody's open to apply for the listening sessions, but then there's also the uh, opportunity to provide input through the surveys, which are going to be uh, launched. Next week, um, uh, both hard copy as well as online, online submittals. And then uh, if you had a chance to explore our webpage on the city website, there's also we've also added um, uh, a section in which anyone in the city, anyone from the city can actually go in and provide any input that they want to share. Could we circle back to the question that uh, Commissioner McHenry asked about the business community? Yeah, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Anybody? I mean, they might not be always be residents, mm -hmm. but they're a part of the. Um, they're part of our. The, our businesses are a part of our everyday lives, and I don't know why um, I didn't particularly identify that piece before. Um, I think it was I was reading everything else and thinking, what else is, you know could be there and, mm -hmm. and it just seems like that would be um, because we are, I often hear that we are not so welcoming to new businesses and that it is a real challenge uh, for not just San Leandro but uh, it is a real challenge for new businesses to come in that's you know it's long periods of time it's you know, this department, that department, whatever department, it seems to me that that is a part of uh, a growing community is, are there businesses here that we, uh, that we support? Because we did have a conversation a while ago, um, and I was very clear that I very rarely shop in San Leandro anymore. I go over to Danville, I go over to San Ramon. Um, there's very little here to draw me, except I have favorites that maybe in San Leandro, but, um, you know, I, I, I'll, I will never go to the downtown San Leandro Safeway again. Once was enough. I, I am not, uh, I'm not a prisoner. I don't want to feel like I'm in jail, and that is very, very much a jail atmosphere now. Um, so we've had these discussions about our, our business community, and I think that they're... I, I hate to throw this in 
as something that's already organized, but maybe it's something that we should think about. Thank you, yeah. As, as Mike has, as our consultant has mentioned in the past, this is sort of an iterative process, right? So, so it, there's opportunities to surface, you know, new needs or questions. So please f always feel free to continue to do that. I will, I will share this feedback with him and we will yes. uh, discuss it further. I will say that the community survey is open to everyone. So I really would like, as, when that gets launched, please share that with any local businesses that, that you may be connected to. Um, in addition to that, we have um, intentionally met with our community development department uh, colleagues who have provided uh, their own feedback and have uh, actually helped inform the current design of, of, of the survey. They are very much uh, in regular contact with a lot of our, our businesses. And I think in the future, depending on how we want to reach out to them, they could be a great resource to help us get these uh, engagement opportunities to that business community. So, yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Yes, Commissioner Miller. I just have a question about these listening sessions being open to everybody here to come and everything. Two employers ago, um, where I worked, did a survey on diversity, and they did something similar, and people of color felt very intimidated by a lot of people who were not in their group showing up to make comments and they felt like they couldn't speak freely. So that's just something I, I haven't signed up for anything because I thought I don't want to intimidate people mm -hmm. who are African-American and they see this old white looking lady show up and you know freak them out. So Yeah, thank you for asking that question because it gives me an opportunity to provide some additional clarity regarding the listening session. So we received actually, you know, as you heard, a great response I'm thinking that there's been more since the 11th and, you know, going through the end of the week. Um, as you may recall from the uh, last month's presentation, the, the listening sessions are actually being capped uh, at 15 participants. And that is based on sort of uh, some uh, uh, best practices and or belief that with a smaller group, we can actually uh, have a more productive and produce a, a higher quality uh, uh, process. Um, so, um, uh, uh, this afternoon, uh, we, 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 we're going to be reviewing those, the applications for each group. Um, I've reached out to Chair Watchison and we, and, and, uh, and, uh, Commissioner Comello have invited them to, uh, meet with, uh, our consultant, uh, and myself this afternoon to review all the applications that have been submitted so that we can then, uh, the, prioritize who uh, are going to be the 15 folks that we're going to invite to participate in these listening sessions. And again, we're looking at, you know, uh, making sure that we're inviting a variety of different voices that can pr provide as much um, uh, information or experience uh, uh, or, or guidance that will, you know, help us maximize that, that listening session time. So that's happening this afternoon. It's 4 o'clock Zoom, right? It's 4 o'clock via Zoom, correct. Yes, Commissioner McHenry. And I was sort of under the impression, at least from seeing myself at as attending any of these sessions, that I was just there, mm -hmm. not as a participant. Um, really, just to come back to the commission and say, this is what I heard or whatever, not to be actively participating because I've already done that. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I will. Uh, thank you for bringing that up. I'll, I'll, I'll discuss that with Mike today because we haven't discussed having an audience there. Um, so I will share that sort of that that I think is a, a request or a, uh, an idea. Well, we were all invited to say what you know if uh, we wanted to attend any of these. Oh yes, for the commissioners. Yes, yes, for definitely for the commissioners. Yeah. Yes, but I was not expecting to be an active participant I hear in you. that session. I was expecting to be. Um, just, just, some, just listening. Just someone you. in the background. Yeah, yeah. I'll say I'll say more about I'll say more about the listening sessions in a second. Good. And 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 where we would like we would love to have you there. Okay. And doing what? <laughs> yeah. Was there another? Uh, sorry. Was there another comment or another question? No. No. Okay. Great. Good progress. Lips are sealed. Lots. Lots. Of, no. No lips <laughs> sealed. We want to hear it. We want to hear it. We always want to hear the questions and the comments because it helps us really shaped this and got it in the right direction. So please always, always uh, speak up. Okay, um, good transition, uh, Commissioner McHenry, to uh, some upcoming opportunities that I want to invite you all to participate in. Um, I'll go through the list, and then afterwards, if you can let me know which one of, of these, uh, if not all, you're interested in being a part of, and then um, I'll, as we get ready to move forward with um, with these strategies, uh, I'll make sure I reach out to you and, and or Alice and I will be reaching out to you. So um, so we so thank you, uh, Chair Watchison and, and uh, Vice Chair Comello for joining us this afternoon with the review of the of the applications. Um, another opportunity is uh, to support one or more of our listening sessions with a variety of duties that may include welcoming and greeting our our attendees uh helping with set up uh, set up um, set up no. set, set up <laughs> set up uh we may need they, uh, we may need uh note takers there may be opportunities to help with facil facilitation uh, breakdown etc you i'm sure you all have participated in these events you can have a sense of the flow of the day um uh, your participation um, or your attendance in in any capacity, even if it's just there to welcome people and show your support or listen, uh, will be very much appreciated. So that's uh, an upcoming opportunity. As you heard from the update, these are going to be happening throughout the month of March. Okay, um, and I'm happy to email the dates. We're happy to email the dates um, uh, after this meeting so that you all have those in front of you before you commit. Um, the uh, second opportunity is something that uh, Chair Watchison and I have talked about uh, in the past and in, in, uh, in alignment with engaging as many people as possible, especially folks like yourselves who will also have volunteered their time to sit on a commission. And that is to consider uh, uh, either pre uh, uh, going to an upcoming uh, commission meeting. Uh, as you know, there's uh, the, the Human Services Commission, there's the Arts, Culture, and Library Commission, there's the Planning Commission and Board of Zoning Adjustments, there's the Recreation and Parks Commission, and then there's the YAC, which is the Youth Advisory Commission. <laughs> um, they happen, you know, throughout the month, and uh, we talked, we discussed the, 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 um, the, the sort of the, the opportunity uh, to talk to these folks about uh, this initiative. Um, so the invitation here is to 
to attend one of these to either present or doing public comment, providing uh, sort of an, a quick update regarding uh, this work and how we can engage uh, them as well. So um, if you are interested in that, let me know and we will plug you in. I believe all of the other ones, though, meet in the evening, do they not? Yeah, I can tell you real quick. So the Human Services Commission meets at uh, City Hall on the fourth Wednesday of the month. The Arts and Cultural... At, se from se at 7 o'clock. At 7 o'clock. The times are important. Yeah. And the Arts and Culture and Library Commission meets the third Tuesday of the month at 6.30 p.m. And this is in the trustees' room at the main library. That's a little easier to get to. Did you say the third? This is the third Tuesday of the month. Okay. Yeah. The Planning Commission and Board of Zoning Adjustments meets the first Thursday of the month at 7 p.m. Uh, in at uh, the City Hall Council Chambers. Don't they all meet in the evenings except us? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. The, yeah. The Recreation and Park Commission. Timing piece. Yeah, yeah. The Recreation and Parks Commission meets the first Wednesday of the month at 7 p.m. at the Sisters Gallery room at City Hall. And the YAC, again, the Youth Advisory Commission, uh, meets the first and third Tuesday of the month at 6 p.m. at the Marina Community Center. So there's only two, really, that two that don't meet at the City Hall? The library. Yeah, right. Two? Well, two. Well, two. One meets the at the library. The Arts and Culture meets, meets at the library. Uh, and yes, and the YAC. Yeah. They're all evenings, but all but two of them meet at the City Hall, which is, as Commissioner McHenry pointed out, a little not easy to get to for yeah. those of us that have mobility problems. And the evening times are, are hard. So, so question. Yes. Um, are, you're talking about presenting the age-friendly um, program that we're working on or just finding out what's going on? No, this would be... Trying to coordinate with... Other commissions, or what's... Yeah, the, the, so the, the idea there is to be more intentional about making sure that those commissions are aware of our age-friendly initiative. Yes, Commissioner McKenzie. And would we have talking points um, provided. all provided to keep us um, on track? I think that would be a good idea. Since I often go off track? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you all would be great without talking points, but uh, Mike and I will make sure that you have some key uh, yeah. messages that we think are good to disseminate across the board. Yes. Yeah. So talking points with ad living. Talking points with ad living. There with you ad go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think two two of us could go. It is better to, if one forgets something, at the senior moment, someone else can chime in. That's a great plan. I completely support that. Yeah, if, we're, if we're under public comments, we'd only have three minutes to present anyway, approximately. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, so great opportunities. I, I would love for everyone to, you know, participate in, in one of these commission meetings and to join the listening sessions that are coming up. Um, okay. As mentioned, I, I see some interest, and I'm very happy about that. So uh, Alice, I'll follow up with uh, our consultant to make sure we have some talking points and some key messages that we want you all to disseminate. And then Alice and I will work uh, offline with you all to coordinate and schedule. Um, okay. Perhaps you could, as you mentioned, send that 
to us in an email too. Yeah, that yes. would be that little piece. That would yeah. be great. Yeah, we'll we'll send this shortly after the meet today or tomorrow, okay. so that way you have that in front of you. You can then decide, look at your calendar, and look to see where you can. Okay, and can we support. do a reply all so that we have an idea of someone wants yeah. to attend? We can maybe reach out. Like I could always take Bella if she wanted to attend with me, or I could even drive Commissioner McHenry. I mean, I'm willing to drive. I don't mind driving at Me night. Me too. Yeah. I don't mind driving at all. Okay. 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 Thank you so much. Thank you all for your support. That's it? That's it. You're done? <laughs> okay. <laughs> More. That was good. <laughs> um, okay. Um, Commissioner Dillon, did you want to let us know about the... Um, session that you attended online with the uh, Rex and Parks? Yeah, it was a nice conversation. Um, very few questions. It was open, uh, open to ideas. Ideas were kind of free-flowing. There were uh, only two of us in that particular meeting because there was some uh, uh, technical difficulties getting on, and so people oh. left oh. the Zoom. Like They stopped trying, I think, and I don't know how many people... Um, there at the beginning, but anyway, I stuck around, and um, you know, we we had our our back and forth, and uh, notes were taken, and it was good. It was a good session. I enjoyed good. it. And then I went to the, um, and that was the senior youth, and um, that was the second one they had, right? Yeah, it yeah. was. I think it was on a Tuesday or something. Anyway, <clears throat> excuse me. And then I went to the sat. This one just this past Saturday, there was a. Um, down at the Marina Community Center, um, they had set up, you know, the easels with the whiteboards and the sticky notes and the sticker, the stickers and ideas were posted around certain questions. And um, I don't know how the attendance was throughout the day, but the people I saw that were there were, um, you know, very engaged, and very interested. And the, um, I have to say, I really like that um, the consultants were very. Um, you know, warm and inviting and, and open to ideas. And, Good. Yeah. Taking notes and having conversations with people. So it was great. Did you get to give any input into um, the uh, age friendly that we're doing? Yeah. Yes, Good. I did. Yes, I did. <coughs> Thank you for representing us. I appreciate that. Of course. Anyone else? No? Okay. Um, all right, um, on to the next section, Human, Resource, Human Services and Recreation Commission's update. I'm supposed to be listening, but uh, they are not posting recordings of their meetings for whatever reason, so um, unfortunately I have no report. Thank you. All right, thank you. Um, Institute of Aging, Volunteers Assisting Seniors update and discussion. I do have an update there, if I may. Um, so I want to thank... Uh, Commissioner Comello again. She's been a huge advocate and supporter of uh, the Volunteers Assisting, Assisting Seniors uh, program. Um, so uh, Commissioner Comello um, has connected me just recently this week with uh, uh, an organization who appears to be operating uh, a volunteers, uh, volunteers Assisting Seniors program. This is uh, CityServe of Tri-City, uh, and what they do is that they provide a ride-share transportation program 
that is designed to meet the needs of seniors who have essential but not urgent medical appointments and have exhausted all other options to obtain a ride. Uh, the program includes door-to-door -door transportation. Um, uh, it will be, um, I haven't followed up this, yeah, I just got the information this week, so I plan to follow up uh, with the contact there. Her name is uh, Diana Hogtilling uh, to learn more about their program and to continue to explore, um, to assess the need here, but also to explore uh, possibilities of doing something like that here in San Diego. Can I yes. give an update? Mm -hmm. She called me back because mm -hmm. I had left a message for her, for Diane, and she said this uh, program is funded by Alameda County Transportation Division, but you they have you have to write a grant for that. So do we st have, still have a grant writer in our city? I know that, I have to double check on that, Commissioner Camelo. I know that last year we were contracting with an organization that was helping us with the grants, um, but I don't know, I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna have to look into it. Okay, so the other thing, I just want to give an update, whether you like this program or not. This program is for people who have cataract surgery, who had some surgery, they have no one to go with. I know the fit um, uh, value my, um, Council member says, oh, they have got uh, uh, Uber. The Uber just picks you up and puts you there. But then when you are sick, when you have surgery and you are no one, it is always good to have a holding someone companion to take you in to the doctor to make sure you are comfortable. And after the surgery, after some time, they give you bad verdicts that, oh, this is very bad for you. This is something that you have to take care of then to bring you back to the car and to take you home safely like a family person. This is the um, um, program that was done by uh, what was done by the Life Elder Care and they have t um, merged with the Institute, Institute of Aging. Aging and they have not taken this particular program. Mm -hmm. So this is the void that is there in our city. So that is what I'm trying to bring back. So I just wanted to let you know how you all feel about it. And Kaiser requires that. You mm -hmm. can't take, when you After have that surgery, kind of surgery. Yes. If I have, when I had my cataracts and when I had um, the, the spinal um, injections, um, they require someone, to, be someone to, yeah, you can't take Uber. Take Uber and go. No. Right. So that is a necessary thing that, it will be a good advantage for people of uh, San Leandro, so we can get it done. Yeah, thank you for continuing to advocate for that and for connecting me with, uh, with yes. the right people. So the only thing now, the missing link is, I want her, if you can connect with her, ask her who is the contact person in the Alameda County Transportation Division who does this and how we can get the funding for that. Hmm. that is, and I'm sure they'll have the person to vet to have the in, uh, in added insurance because you need insurance when you have the strangers coming to your house and taking you and all that. Mm -hmm. So that part of it, if you can get it cleared, with, that will be nice. Great, thank you. Thank you. Yes. What, what's the name of the uh, business? City Surf. Mm -hmm. City They operate out of the Tri City area. Tri City, Livermore, uh, Pleasanton, and uh, Dublin. And we had that before. Our San Leandro had it before through Life Elder Care. Okay. Thank you. 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 Thank you
Thank you. Thank you very much for continuing to follow up. We'll look for additional information next month. Thank you. Um, sorry, lost track. Um, volunteer um, program development, Commissioner Dillon. Um, yeah, I think we've got so much going on right now, we can probably table. Table, okay. Um, all right, Commission priorities. Um, I have I have been thinking that we have so much on our plate right now. This originally was, I'm sorry, let me back up. This originally was going to be a discussion around the um, handbook, but I think really we have so much on our plate right now with the, um, with the form, formation of our age-friendly that I think we should concentrate on the priorities on the com a community engagement plan until it's completed in June, and then move on to other priorities, uh, which I have a feeling are still going to center around our age-friendly, but um, my feeling is that there is, in the presentation of the community engagement plan, which everybody got a copy right. of, too, under the, um, under the priorities... Thought I highlighted highlighted them somewhere here. Sorry, I guess I must. Okay, um, I'm sorry. I've misplaced what I did. Anyway, there's a there's a whole list of things that we have suggested priority. Oh, here it is. Sorry, priorities for improvement include keeping keeping housing affordable for seniors and other households, making it safer and more welcome to shop around and move around the city, beautifying the downtown and the commercial corridors, bringing in more age-appropriate businesses, creating more civic and community gathering spaces, leveraging an active, educated, and growing retirement population, and helping seniors unlock the potential advantages of new technology. I think those are the things that we should be concentrating on as far as our priorities are concerned. So perhaps what I'd like to do is I would like each of you to think about um, what you would like, what direction you would like us to see us tackle. Because obviously, as I said in the past, we're not going to be able to tackle everything all at once. And there are some things that we actually can would like to see happen, but may have to uh, find someone to do the work, like the housing and stuff like that. There's, we can certainly um, express our opinions to the powers that be. But I would like to see us maybe start thinking about what which of these we might like to actually work on. And so if I could give you a homework assignment for next month, and that is to come back and give us your ideas on what you think would be the most important to start with. Is that okay? Yes. And where can we access that list? Page two. three. It's page on page, page two. Okay. Page three. Three, sorry, yes. Yeah. Under brief it. brief summary of discovery oh, findings. I see. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay, thank you. Yeah. So is there any thoughts on that at all? No, we'll come back next month. Yeah, that's good. Next month? Yeah. Commissioner um, Dillon? Yeah, but we're gonna keep the volunteer development kind of live even though it's table. Yes. That, that was no, I'm not dropping anything. Okay. I moved on. Sorry. Okay, no, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Yes. I I always uh, worry about the safety 
you know, the safety element really is, I, I think maybe it's because of where I live. I live downtown and, you know, I have a lot of elderly people that live in my right. building that I try to assist. And um, the, the guys that are walking around, uh, the security guys, you know, they are in the center there. There's, I think, only two of them, but they're real helpful. We could use more because I found them really helpful. You know, but there's two of them, and they have a big area to, to be at. Right. That's my concern. Okay. I think that was under our discussion of crime when we talked about that. So mm -hmm. can we can we go back up to the commission priorities for a second, and that would be a discussion for next month? Is that okay? Yes. All right, good. Thank you. We don't need to vote on that, do we? No, we don't. Chair okay. Washington, just for, just for clarification purposes, sure. do you want to keep... Um, what is currently item 8E, Commissioner of Priorities, and have that have the discussion that you just described yes, during that time, or do you want to have it as part of the age-friendly um, age friendly update? Okay, item? how about a subsection under the age-friendly age update as Commission Priorities? Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, it's, it is, I don't think there's a right or wrong, but now I am thinking yeah. that next month we will have uh, our consultant here, Ashley. That's true. So it might, my recommendation is that we leave it as commission. Well, I don't know. It's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, let's, you know, let's put it under commission priorities. So leave it as it is. Yeah. Okay. And then we'll have the discussion at that point. Then we can discuss whether or not we want to move it up. Okay. Is that okay? <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. Yes. I know this gets a little informal and I apologize. I should keep it more on the level. Um, okay, so if you yes, so if you look at those pri uh, the, those suggestions, and hopefully we can solidify something. I know that we're already working on the on the parks part of it, kind of through the parks and um, through the recs and parks uh, initiative. But um, I think maybe we might be able to bundle some things in. Thank you. Um, okay, legislative update. Yes. Okay, so um, I um, sat in on a discussion of the Senior Services Coalition of Alameda County, and um, the discussion centered around the governor's um, proposed uh, budget for the upcoming um, budget session. And um, the follow-up to that was, is that there is a belief that the, um, well, some things have, will remain the same. Um, the, the Senior Services Coalition would like to um, be more proactive in um, writing, in going to, to Sacramento, um, and invites people to help in that regard. Um, they have written a letter, uh, well, they have co-signed, or signed on to a letter, um, January 19th to the governor and uh, the assembly speaker and several state senators and assembly members regarding aging and disability stakeholders response to proposed 2024-2025 state budget. And in it, they... Um, state that they would like for um, uh, budget the budget to remain the same for for certain services um, and their the concern is that 
while the budget seems as though right now it will <clears throat> not be, uh, uh, senior services will not be affected, they want to make sure. And so they want to what? Make sure. Oh. Um, and it is, they're not certain that that will be the case. So, um, but there are a number of um, community um, service providers who have signed on to the letter as well. Um, it addresses uh, health and economic security, housing and homelessness, um, yeah, I'm sorry, all bones, and the home care system. Oh, okay. The home care system for all. Um, I just read this one. Uh, even with the current budget deficit, we see numerous opportunities to continue to work with the administration and legislature to continue to build a home care system for all in California. Okay, so that is the, um, uh, the focus of the letter. Um, and in their initial um, update about kind of where it's going, they ask that we, the people who are involved, uh, look for uh, SB 37 and support SB 37, which is, uh, is called Housing Stability Act. And if I can just read the brief paragraph. Uh, While last year's budget request for older adults and adults with disabilities, Housing Stability Act did not make it into the fiscal year 2023-24 budget, its companion bill is alive and advancing. SB 37, Caballero, became a two-year bill last year, was amended in January to be a pilot program to offer rent subsidies dedicated to preventing and ending homelessness among older adults and adults with disabilities. It's passed the Senate and is now in the Assembly, where it will move through the committee process. And then there's a link to read the SB 37, floor alert from justice and aging. Uh, and the other champions that are advancing this groundbreaking legislation, be on the lookout for calls to action to support SB 37. And that is my update. Thank you, very nice, very good report. So if anyone would like to, um, what would like the link to that? I could send it to you. So if you just like click on it, and you can read all about it and send a letter of support if you would. Perhaps you could send it to Pedro and he and can just send it out. Is that, that okay? okay? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Thank you. <clears throat> okay. Um, discussion regarding crime. Is it possible we could table that for next month? Yes. It, okay. Thank you. Do we need a vote to do that? No, we don't, but you want to just acknowledge that we need. Yeah, but didn't we? Yes, the EV charging and parking study? Yeah. Yes, we just went. Okay, yes, you. Oh, just just for the record, we, we have item 8G, which, yes. which uh, as you all know, we had a presentation. So we, I think we have taken care of that item. Yes. Okay, we have no new business. So we're on to the oral report of the chair. Um, even though we're past public comment, I would like to acknowledge our guest who 
came in a little late. Could you please introduce yourself? Oh, oh thank you very much. Um, and I apologize for being late. Um, but uh, my name is Stephen Cassidy. I served on the school board. I also served as mayor. And um, I mean, this is a great meeting. I'm, I'm right now on the um, Arts and Library and Arts, Culture and Library Commission. And um, we're actually doing a grant program. And this, it's on the city library website. All The applications are due at the end of February. But if any of you are artists or no artists, you know, we want to give money back to artists in the community to support their work that benefits the community, not simply to do something in their house and keep it in their house, but actually to come back into the community. Um, I'm also on, on the Measure J campaign for the school district. That's on the um, ballot on March 5th. And if you have any questions, I'm happy to answer them for you or any feedback that you want to give me, I, I'll be here after the meeting. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Okay, um, oral report of the chair. I really don't have a lot, but I did, uh, in asking about our um, where we were on the uh, deliverables, um, I did find out that they actually, this is the logo. This is on, this is now the logo for uh, the H-Friendly, and this is on the um, application for the listening session, which you can find on um, the website. So I just thought that, I, I didn't know. I really hadn't really paid attention, and um, so I'm very happy to see that we, we do have a logo for that. So, um, Other than that, I think this has been a really good meeting. It's been very informative. Um, you know, we, I love the presentations because we certainly do learn a lot more about our city and about our people that work there, and so we'd, I'd like to see a few more um, members of the uh, city come in and talk to us, <clears throat> like our council people and our mayor and <laughs> people of that ilk. So thank you very much all for attending. I think it's been a great meeting. And uh, with that, I will move on to commissioner comments. I would like to uh, remind you that the comments made cannot become a discussion session at the meeting at this meeting, but they can be requested to become a discussion item at future meetings. So, uh, I, with that, I will start with uh, Commissioner Lopez Nicario. Hi. Um, what I would like to table is um, a discussion about all of us maybe writing the flex, so that way we can. I know myself. If I write it, I can tell the seniors I know how it goes, how comfortable it is. Because that's what they're going to want to know. They're not just going to, I can just tell them the schedule and all that, but that's just not comforting enough for them. Whereas I could say, well, you know what? I wrote it. It stops here. It's really safe. I really like it. Um, yes. You know, and give them more information on that because it needs to be used by them. And I know a couple of seniors in my building that are just really apprehensive. And I don't know if it was because of COVID, you know, but I'd rather have them be a little more comfortable because they'll pass that word on to the other people. Thank you. Is there anything say, else? Not very nice. Thank thing. you. Very good. <laughs> Commissioner Miller. I have said what I wanted to say during the meeting, and <laughs> I am just delighted to be here. Okay, thank you. Commissioner McHenry. Um, thank you very much, Pedro, for this. And I, I wrote an email to, to Pedro uh, that I was missing uh, the information about the tax help 
that's, that's been in the, the monthly newsletter early in the year. Um, I'm actually going to the Gale Steel Multi-Service Center to have mine done in a couple of weeks. Um, I've had my taxes done by this group, um, specifically the uh, Alameda County Social Services, uh, the VITA group, and I have been delighted with the service uh, and having this out actually as a flyer I think is even better than the newsletter. So thank you very much for following through on that. I really appreciate it. Um, and yesterday, I on another subject, yesterday I had um, an opportunity, shall we say, as I was walking out of my class uh, and listening to uh, a rather unique conversation uh, that um, one of the seniors was having with staff. Uh, at the little desk in front. Um, it was uh, challenging listening to her that she moved from subject to subject and I was so impressed with the um, gentleness, with the professionalism, uh, with the concern and um, that staff was showing uh, this individual, and uh, I made a comment to one of the gals who was sitting at the desk as I came in today, but I wanted to say to all of you, and particularly for the two of you who are uh, involved in the Senior Center here, the staff is um, to be applauded for the kinds of things that they, um, uh, and how they approach a seniors. Um, I know myself I can I can get a little bit um, uh, distracted, shall we say, <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I was just, it, it made my heart feel good and the way that she was treated and to thank you and your co-workers and in, in, in providing services here for us. Thank you. I'll make sure that message gets to yes, everyone. It was, Appreciate that. I don't know that I could have followed the conversation. They were, they were excellent. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Dillon. Um, no, I don't have any comments today. Okay. <laughs> Commissioner Aparicio. Likewise. No comments. No comments. Good grief. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I did want to make one other comment, and that is that um, regarding the uh, crime, uh, crime discussion, that um, perhaps in the future we are able to invite our interim police chief or perhaps a permanent police chief uh, to uh, who currently is Kevin Hart um, for a future meeting and ask specific questions. So we'll take that up next month, okay? okay. All right. There being no further business to come before the senior commission, I will entertain a motion to adjourn the meeting. So moved. Second. Commissioner McHenry, Commissioner Lopez, roll call, please. Thank you, Chair. Uh, Chair Washington? Yes. Vice Chair Comello? For the record, she stepped out for a second, but she's still here. Uh, Commissioners Aparicio? Yes. Commissioner Dillon? Aye. Commissioner Lopez Nacario? Aye. Commissioner McHenry? Yes. And Commissioner Miller? Yes. The motion passes. Okay. Then, that being the case, the meeting is adjourned at noon. <laughs> <laughs>